Hi guys, so before we begin, we wanted to tell you a little bit about the Forever Twilight and Forks Festival that we're going to in September. This is a festival that takes place every single year in Forks, Washington. It's a ton of Twilight fans coming together and celebrating their love for Twilight in such a safe and lovely and fun environment. Yeah, and it is September 10th to the 13th, and we will be there actually doing a live show on Sunday. So yes. if you want to meet up, we'll be there. And if you want to hear more, we did two episodes about the festival back in our archives, so yes. you can listen to that. Take a listen because it was quite an experience, and we are so, so excited to go back, and we hope that we can see you guys there. If you're interested and want to learn more, you can go to our old episodes, or you can go to Forks WA slash forevertwilightinforks.com to buy tickets. And you can reach out if you have any questions about the festival, and we'd be happy to help answer them. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we're going back. I know. <laughs> Guys, it's like Twilight Camp. It is so much fun. It is. It's, you really, it's, it's crazy. a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and it brought so much happiness to myself that mm-hmm. I didn't even know was there, and it overwhelmed me. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically a Twilight party, yeah. so... Anyway, without further ado, <laughs> here is the episode. Hey guys, before the episode begins, I just want to do a little content warning that we talk about themes of suicide and death, so if that's something you're sensitive to, you might want to be careful listening to this episode. It's our first day of shooting. We picked the most difficult set ever. Smoke, mirrors in every direction. Love it. Welcome to Twilight. You're listening to Another Bite of Twilight, a podcast where we look back on our obsession with the Twilight Saga and continue to freak out 10 years later. How old are you? 17. How long have you been 17? A while. If this is about my soul, take it. I don't want it without you. It's not about your soul. But we'll always be this, frozen. Never moving forward. You believe this is our afterlife? That in exchange for this limited immortality. I'm not gonna end your life, Heath. I'm dying. Already. Every second I get closer. Older. That's the way it's supposed to be. Even if I am damned regardless. Damned. Like... Like hell. Carly, you couldn't be damned. You couldn't. It's impossible. Imagine the situation in reverse. You believe this Edward does. Could you take away his soul? What's up? I'm what? Kelly. I'm Mel. And welcome to the podcast. Welcome to our podcast. If you're new, thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you find a nice home and community here with us talking about Twilight. Aww. 
if you love Twilight, if, if you, you hate, hate it, if you've seen the movie once, no matter <laughs> saw the trailer one time, who you are, this is the podcast for you. If you read a Wikipedia description and just yep. kind of skimmed it and then clicked on another link. If you've never, <laughs> ever, ever heard about it at all, like my boss, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> That's crazy. Is that a book? Right. Yeah. I, I find that really <laughs> strange, but I also slightly admire it. Like, how has she been able to like, live under her own rock for so long? I think she doesn't consume any media. Really? Besides some media. Does she live on a farm or something? No, she just, like, Guys, doesn't... live on a farm, I'm not saying. Oh. You don't consume media. Gosh, I'm so afraid that someday <laughs> she'll discover this and, like, listen to me talk about her. No, she does sometimes, not. I'll sometimes find out that she's obsessed with the show and I'm like, wait, what? I thought you didn't watch TV. And she's like, oh, yeah, but I watched the show. So what she, show? Dairy Girls, oh, she watched she all of, I was shocked. Wow. Or she loves, like, Shark Tank. Oh, I have to watch more Dairy Girls. Yeah. Shark Tank, that's random. Yeah, <laughs> but I can picture it for her. Dairy Girls, I was not expecting at all. Um, but I definitely gained some respect for her when she said that. I'm going to watch more. I'm going to watch more. Yeah. We can watch it together. It's so, yeah, it's so easy to watch the whole thing in one day. We should. It takes only like four hours. It's like, girls, that's what I always said to people. Yeah. First season takes five hours. Yeah, it Do really it. does. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, you should watch Dairy Girls if you haven't seen it. It's so good. This is a Dairy Girls podcast. <laughs> oh, no. No. Okay, so today... We're discussing something we've been hinting at discussing for a long time. Yes. Today we're talking about mortality and immortality in the Twilight series. Life and death, you could say. Life and death. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I almost feel like maybe we should have covered this after we finish it, but... Oh, th- that's okay. I feel like there must mm-hmm. be such stronger, more apparent themes of mortality in that book, and that's why it's called that. Maybe. Because it's like, see, once you switch the genders, you realize that this is more about mortality than it is about gender dynamics. <laughs> but Twilight was never about gender dynamics. People were just putting People that projected on. it. And yeah. that's why I feel like she's like, Bella's only fragile because she's human, not because she's a girl. Yeah. And so, like, it's like, it's actually life and death. That's true. Yeah, I feel like that's why they did that, because it's yeah. like, they're equals, be- they're not equals because he's immortal, she's mortal. Yeah, yeah. And when you switch it's it. A, it's a coincidence. Yes. That she's a girl and yeah, he's a guy. They just so happen to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought, but we'll see when we read it, which we haven't done yet. so mortality mortality so I actually wanted to do this podcast a year ago because I was it was like one of those phases for me where I was thinking about death all the time like I was so afraid of it do you ever go through those phases where like you keep thinking I feel like lately I've been feeling that way again ever since like Kobe Bryant died Mm -hmm. and like people just like talk about like now is all we have every day is a gift and like I think that's so true, but that was all we have. That's me. <laughs> no, I think that's so true. But when yeah. people start saying like "be blessed for every single day," like yeah. yes, but it also scares me so much that I obsess over it to like no end, where it's like almost like not productive. Me too. So last year, I really want to talk about it. We like our aunt had passed away, mm-hmm. and like I just was thinking about it constantly, and like I couldn't yeah. stop. But then you go through these phases in life where, like, it doesn't even occur to you that you're going to die someday. I know. Yeah, there's times where I can't stop thinking about how everyone in my life 
might die. And it mm-hmm. stresses me out, too, thinking about people who I don't really talk to yeah. anymore, but I still care about. And then I'm like, what if they die? Yeah, I do that, too. That really stresses me out. And then I'm like, out. I should reach out. And then I do, and I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, tell them I love them. I actually texted someone once being like, I think I had a dream that they died. Yeah. And I was all upset and was like, I just want you to know, like, I still care about you or something. And they were like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck that. I wish I didn't do yeah. that. <laughs> it was very strange to me. It was just like a five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's always there. Yeah. It's looming death. It's, it's going to happen to all of us. And I except feel like. vampires. Except vampires. Yeah. But, but the thing about the Twilight vampires, which I was going to say later, is they can die. It's true. So are they really, truly immortal? We'll get into it, I guess, because... We'll get into it. Even though they can live forever, they also can die, and I feel like the assumption is someday they will die themselves because the world is not going to last forever. Yeah. Like, are they going to outlast the world i don't think so outwit outlast (laughs) as long as mortals are around yeah they can survive but Mm. can they will they die if they don't ever thirst uh Uh, yeah i don't know yeah they have no one to drink from yeah what would happen they'd probably all kill themselves i wish that was addressed yeah how can they all kill themselves though one person be left. <laughs> yeah, one person kills all of them. And then that guy is just... Yeah, I don't know what... Can they die if they run into a fire? I know it's like rip their heads off and burn the pieces, but... Can they rip their own heads off? It's <laughs> a good point. I bet oh, they I could. Bet you could set up a guillotine thing and like pull a string. Oh gosh, this is so dark! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry! Why didn't Edward think of yeah that would have been way easier than flying all the way to italy i feel like edward didn't truly want to die i agree i think a lot of times maybe this is ignorant of me nobody truly wants to die that's what they say like psychologists and stuff yeah it's like against our nature even if you do they say that when you like start to you your body's like no yeah you people This is so dark right out of the... It is really dark. Gate. Minute seven. Yeah. People, um, like, generally, like, if they, like, attempt suicide or something, Mm -hmm. people who have survived that often say that they had regretted it just as they started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry this is really dark. Yeah, sorry. I hope this isn't upsetting anybody, and please message us if it does. Yes. But yeah, I I think that's true. And it, I mean, it, it it relates to Twilight because there are a lot of suicidal themes in Twilight, actually. Yeah, yeah. Especially New Moon. Suicidal or even just like there's a fear of death and then mixed with no fear whatsoever. Yeah. Especially Isn't in Bella's part. It's like yeah. this weird <laughs> dichotomy that like never really even exists at the same time. It's like hard to yeah. grasp like what Bella truly wants. Sometimes. Bella really doesn't seem afraid of dying. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, she wants to live forever, but she also seems more concerned about other people dying than herself. Yeah. Which or is, can you think of a time where she was 
concerned about her own death. Well, I just think throughout the series, the fact that she, like, so desperately doesn't want to be mortal yeah. shows that she really doesn't want to die. But... I feel like it's more about Edward, Edward, though. yeah. But even even when she is confronted with her own death, she is kind of okay with leaving Edward in those instances. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that yeah. a little bit later. First, we have... A letter we want to read? Or did yeah. you want to say anything else about mortality? Um, and like your you, own experience with it? My own experience with it. Like how you, how you feel about it. <laughs> how I feel. <laughs> I think about it a lot too. Sometimes yeah. I wonder like if death matters as much as we think it does. Possibly it doesn't. I don't know. We don't know what happens. Yeah. What do you think happens? Is that too deep a question? <laughs> so early. I'm open to a lot. I'm, mm-hmm. I hope. No offense if anyone believes in this. I don't know. I'm not into the idea of reincarnation, so I hope that doesn't happen. If it is, though, I wouldn't even know. And that's yeah, the thing that upsets me. That's the thing that upsets me, too, with reincarnation, is because, like, what is the point? Yeah. And if you wouldn't even know, There's are no you... consciousness, too. Yeah. Like, I, someone asked me once, like, what I would want heaven to be like, and I was like, honestly, I want it to be pretty much like Earth, but just happier. Yeah. Like, I want to still be conscious. I want to still, like, interact with mm-hmm. people who I love. Like, I want it yeah. to be, like, literally the same thing as Earth. So I guess that's basically, like, immortality. Yeah. I would just want it to be Earth, but peace. Yeah. So I want there to be Paris, France, readily available to visit. Yeah. I want to mm. still eat Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. I know. I want it to be the same. Yeah. Actually, that book that I've been reading, Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. he kind of talks about, I don't know, it's a little sad because I don't know if it's ever possible, but he thinks if everyone on earth became conscious, mm-hmm. as he says, or enlightened, which I don't even truly know how to reach that point. He thinks then we would have heaven on earth. And he thinks that's what, like, Jesus and Buddha and everything were talking about. Interesting. So does he think that that is what heaven actually is? Or that's just... I think that's what he thinks, yeah. Oh, so then he thinks that, like, when you die... I guess. That's over. (laughs) But I don't don't know. He also believed in, like, souls, I think. Yeah. I mean, this is just one guy. Yeah. I think for my own sake, it's sometimes very hard, realistically, to wrap my brain around. But for my own sake, I have to believe that something beyond my comprehension that's so amazing happens. Because when you lose someone, it is so hard yeah to think otherwise like it is so it's like you kind of I said this once I said you have to and my friend yelled at me I was like you don't have to think anything and I was like no like for me not in that way not in that (laughs) way but I was like sometimes just to to feel at peace with losing people you have to think that there's something greater and I think it's very like on the one hand I feel like it's more realistic that nothing would happen. But on the other hand, I think, who are we to say that? Because why are we here in the first place? Like, what? Like, there's so many things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. That I think it's, like, who who's to say? Like, there could be yeah. something so much greater. And we are just little humans. And we don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, yeah. that's what Eckhart Tolle 
Tolly kind of talks about too that like our bodies are just they're not really who we are that we're just kind yeah. of like using the body for now but mm. it's not that's like the host yeah <laughs> Stephanie Meyer <laughs> yeah oh, I feel like Stephanie Meyer would like this conversation oh. Stephanie yeah I wonder I would like to talk about this with her yeah oh I feel like she would ha- I feel like she would be so great on Super Soul Sunday or super she soul conversations shouldn't she yeah i bet she would be awesome she would be amazing like i feel yeah. like she'd have such deep conversations I know. and i don't i feel like people project their own opinions onto her about her faith but i don't think that she is really preachy at all like especially no. like in twilight she really leaves her characters up to their own interpretations of what yeah. happens they're not all like monolithic yeah she kind of just brings the idea of, like, the things are meant to be or whatever into mm-hmm. the story. Or... No, but... keep <laughs> Did I even answer your question? What do I think about it? I don't know. I think about it a lot. I do. I really do. Yeah. Um, and I'm always looking for answers. I'm always changing my mind a little bit, but not mm-hmm. not too drastically. But um... I feel like it always depends on what's going on in your life, too. <laughs> yeah. Probably stresses me out it's one of those things where it's like during the day like it doesn't even seem that real sometimes Mm -hmm. but then like even as young as I can remember being like five years old lying in bed and just like being like oh my god oh my god oh my god I'm gonna die (laughs) someday me the protagonist of my life (laughs) helps me to think about my heroes or whatever who are already dead Mm -hmm. like okay if they did it I can do it. Too. Oh no! <laughs> it happens to everyone. Though. It happens, and it's that's the one truth we all yeah. know. And I was even thinking about Alice in this context of like we all are in some way can see the future because we all know that this one thing is going to happen to oh. all of us and everybody else. You know, we just don't know when. We don't know when. We just don't know when. Actually, that relates. Sorry, this ties into something that I wrote down. And I just feel like it might be a good time to say it. Mm-hmm. This just relates to it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was just doing some research about what other people think about mortality and immortality and stuff. And this was a article written by a man named Paul Sager. And he was just talking about how... Okay, he says, It seems then that both philosophers and pop culture keep trying to tell us the same thing. You might think you want to live forever... But reflection should convince you otherwise. And yet, if this is ultimately true, as philosophers and popular culture seem to want to say that it is, then another question arises, why do we need to, why do we keep needing to be told? Mm -hmm. Which I think that's true about Twilight. Like, we have Edward always saying, like, you don't want this, you don't want this. And we're going to get into it more, too, like, whether immortality would actually be a good thing. But, um... He says, in the face of it, a desire for immortality most obviously seems to be a response to the fear of death. Mm -hmm. Most of us are afraid to die. We were immortal. We could escape both that fear and its object. Hence, it seems, a desire for immortality is simply a desire not to die. In the face of it, what philosophers, poets, and novelists remind us is that we are, that there are fates worse than death. Immortality might itself turn out to be one of them. And then he kind of goes on to say that, um... 
what this means is that there might be, contrary to Scheffler's argument, sorry, I didn't read his argument, but a coherent <laughs> desire for immortality after all. This is because desiring immortality might not simply be about having a desire to live forever. It might yes. be a desire to control when we ourselves will die, choosing to end it all only when and, on, and not before we ourselves are ready. So, like, yeah, when people talk about living forever, it's like, oh, it might get boring, whatever, but, like, you want it to get to that point where you're like, okay, yeah, like, I'm bored. Yeah, exactly, because it's more the fear of the unknown of what happens, yeah. but that could be even better than what you think could happen. But also with death, most of the time, unless you have a very death, peaceful death in your sleep, it's horrible yeah like it could be an accident Spella says, or it could be an illness yeah or it could be a murder whatever it is like it's usually really painful and not fun and yeah. sad and scary so you don't have control yeah yeah exactly so it's like unless i mean yeah some people do kill themselves but like as we said like even though Maybe that's someone trying to take control. It's also, that's not a good experience, and that's not, like... No. And if your body naturally resists it as it starts to happen, it sounds horrible, actually. So, like, no matter which way you go... It's usually... It's gonna be hard. Pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so... But, so I wrote, so is immortality about control, having agency over one's life? But if there's one truth about life, it's that we can't always control things, things happen. That's so true. Even if you, if it's not your own fear of death, it's going to be a fear of something else mm -hmm. or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Because I feel like when people want immortality, it's to escape death, but it's not really necessarily to live forever. Yeah. Because what does that even mean? I have some thoughts about it in context oh my of God, Twilight. So much to say. So much, but we should read something oh, yeah, from yeah, our yeah. friend Angel first. Yeah, so Angel, friend of the pod, we've mentioned her before, just went above and beyond and sent us this essay, basically, <laughs> about um, mortality. And should we take turns reading it? Yes. She basically, Angel, oh my God, you basically did the work for us. <laughs> she has, like, quotes. It's crazy. Oh my um, gosh. But her words should be heard, so let's read it. Yes. Do you want to start? Okay. I'll read the first paragraph. The Twilight Saga as a whole is very dramatic and emotional and heart-wrenching. Everything about it is life and death, no pun intended. Twilight is, in my opinion, the perfect balance of teen angst and drama with love and passion, plus a healthy dose of humor. Read the books, people. Edward and Bella are both charming and hilarious. Yes. New Moon is just a whole lot of barely masked suicidal tendencies. <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. Yeah. Eclipse and Breaking Dawn get more balanced again, so right now I'm mainly going to focus on New Moon. Although, a disclaimer, even though I just said suicidal, which is a very serious issue that gets thrown around a lot these days, with the potential to take that meaning away from the word, I want everyone to keep in mind that there's a spectrum in what it means to experience suicidal feelings. The range of suicidal ideation varies from fleeting thoughts to extensive thoughts to detailed planning, a Wikipedia definition, but this isn't for a class, so don't judge me for using good old wiki. <laughs> Not judging. <Don't> judge me. <laughs> <laughs> there are times when I think a more appropriate term to describe Bella would be apathetic to death. 
Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that she doesn't fall in the suicidal spectrum. I just want to be clear that I don't believe that Bella is in a constant state of actively wanting to die. More so, it's that she doesn't care if she dies or not. Yeah. That is so true. Okay, your turn. So she says, early on a new moon after Edward leaves, there's an evening where Bella goes to the movies with Jessica. She sees a group of men standing outside of a bar and she starts to approach them instinctively because they remind her of her infamous frat bros who tried to attack her in Twilight but were unsuccessful because Edward rescued her. Jessica asks Bella if she's suicidal and Bella responds, no, I'm not. My voice sounded defensive, but it was true. I wasn't suicidal, even in the beginning when death unquestionably would have been a relief. I didn't consider it. I owed too much to Charlie. I felt too responsible for Renee. I had to think of them. And I'd made a promise not to do anything stupid or reckless. For all those reasons, I was still breathing. Remembering that promise, I felt a twinge of guilt. But what I was doing right now didn't really count. It wasn't like I was taking a blade to my wrist. And then I remember that passage. She goes, like, Jessica said that as a joke. But, like, Jessica was, like, freaked out that she responded like it could be real. Seriously, yeah. That was chapter four. Then Angel says, First of all, I just want to mention that if someone out there is struggling with suicidal thoughts, there is nothing wrong with using other people as an excuse to stay alive. I have heard some people say, No, you shouldn't rely on other people because what if they leave you or disappoint you in some other way? You should be doing it for yourself. But that's just not an option for some people, so use whatever you can to make it through a day, a week, a month. Maybe someday we will want to stay alive for you. Secondly, there are infinite ways to self-harm, so saying... It wasn't like I was taking a blade to my wrist. It's a classic way to devalue your behaviors. Thirdly, as stated before, there is a wide variety in what being suicidal can mean. Bella may not be actively planning to kill herself, but let's be honest, she definitely thought about it. At the, It's at this point in New Moon that everyone should be hoping that Bella goes to therapy. Spoiler, she doesn't. Yeah. Jumping ahead to the cliff diving fiasco, we are treated to such gems as... It was hard not to convince myself that I didn't have time to search for another way. I wanted to jump from the top. This was the image that had lingered in my head. I wanted that long fall that would feel like flying. And that's New Moon Chapter 15. Even the conversation she had with her Edward hallucination right before she jumps, telling him, You wanted me to be human. Well, watch me. And her subtle way of saying, Humans die, so I'm going to die. Yeah. Which again implies a certain amount of wishing for death. It could be said that she meant it as a long as long as i stay human i will die eventually sort of thing and that her jumping was not an active suicide attempt but more of an almost threat to edward that he should turn her but either way it definitely falls on the suicidal spectrum mm. after bella jumps off the clip the cliff when she's stuck in the water and her edward hallucination is trying to tell her to keep swimming she says I didn't want to fight anymore, and it wasn't the lightheadedness or the cold or the failure of my arms as the muscles gave out in exhaustion that made me content to stay where I was. I was almost happy that it was over. This was an easier death than others I'd faced. Oddly peaceful. Hello, this is Suicidal Thoughts 101. How may I help you? I understand that at this point she thinks it's too late and has resigned herself to death, but the fact that she's comparing it to her other near-death experiences tells me she thinks about those deaths a lot, even if it's not in an idolizing type of way. Mm-hmm. After Bella has been pulled from the water and is safely back at home to find that Alice has also come back into town, they have the following conversation, starting with Bella saying, You saw me fall. No, she disagreed, her eyes narrowing. I saw you jump. I pursed my lips as I tried to think of an explanation that would, wouldn't sound nuts. Explanation? As in a lie? As in she has something to hide? Which is um, Angel's commentary. 
Al shook her head. I told him this would happen, but he didn't believe me. Bella promised her voice imitated him so perfectly that I froze in shock while the pain ripped through my torso. Don't be looking in her future either, she continued to quote him. We've gone, we've done her enough damage. And then Angel says, so let me get this straight. Alice and presumably other Collins told Edward that Bella would probably try to kill herself and Edward was able to convince himself that she'd be fine because she promised not to do anything reckless. What a moron. Just because I'm not looking doesn't mean I don't see, she went on. I wasn't keeping tabs on you, I swear, Bella. It's just that I'm already attuned to you. When I saw you jumping, I didn't think. I just got on a plane. I knew it would be too late, but I couldn't do nothing. And then I got here thinking maybe I could help Charlie somehow. And you drive up. She shook her head, this time in confusion. Her voice was strained. I saw you go into the water, and I waited and waited for you to come up, but you didn't. What happened? How could you do that to Charlie? Do you have any idea what Edward... I cut her off then as soon as she said his name. I let her go on even after I realized the misunderstanding she was under. I just had to hear the perfect bell tone of her voice. But it was time to interrupt. Alice, I wasn't committing suicide. She eyed me dubiously. Are you saying you didn't jump off a cliff? No, but I grimaced. It was for recreational purposes only. And then um, Angel says, that grimace implies to me that she's not telling the whole truth. Yeah, Mm. I agree with that. Her expression hardened. I'd seen some of Jacob's friends cliff diving, I insisted. I was, <laughs> it looked like fun. I was bored. She waited. I didn't think about how the storm would affect the currents. Actually, I didn't think about the water much at all. Alice didn't buy it. I could see that she still thought I had been trying to kill myself. Angel says, because you were. I decided to redirect. Because you can't come up with more lies? <laughs> that was Angel. <laughs> Okay, I know that that was a lot, but I mean, come on. In what world is Bella actually not trying to die here? Is this an attempt to convince Alice that she didn't want to kill herself, or is she trying to convince herself out of that? Of that, Even a little bit later on, when she tells Alice, well, I'm not dead, at least, and I survived, I pointed out... <laughs> it reminds me of the line in the movie of Twilight when Bella is in the hospital after Edward stops the van from crushing her, and Charlie asks... You could have been killed, you understand that? To which Bella responds, yes, but I wasn't, so... And even though that line isn't in the book, it really shows how apathetic Bella has been about the about death since the beginning. Back to Alice and Bella's conversation, Bella is catching Alice up on what she's missed and narrates, I glossed over the beginning, skipping the motorcycles and the voices, but telling her everything else right up to today's misadventure. Alice didn't like my thin explanation about boredom in the cliffs. Again, Bella is using phrasing that implies that she isn't telling the truth to Alice or to herself about her intentions. Still, in Chapter 17 of New Moon, Alice has agreed to stay with Bella but says she has to leave for an hour or so to hunt. She's worried about Bella, so she takes a peek at Bella's future to see if it's safe to leave and concludes that, yes, you'll be fine for tonight anyway. She grimaced. That makes me think if Alice didn't come back that night, Bella would finally be completely broken and actually would kill herself. Hence, Alice's (laughs) grimace. I know that a lot of what I talked about was me reading between the lines and putting my own experiences with suicide into what Bella is saying and doing, but I think it would be irresponsible to talk about Twilight series, the Twilight series without addressing its connection to death, specifically suicide. Bella does a lot of 
saying she isn't suicidal and explaining away her dangerous behaviors, which is what many people struggling with suicidal ideations or self-harm do. If you take what she says at face value, you run the risk of being lulled into false sense of security, not only by fictional Bella, but also real people in your life who may need your love, support, and help. Mm -hmm. I am not a licensed therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist, or counselor, or anything like that. I'm just a Twilight fan who has had some dark times and want to share my insights in case anyone else thinks the same way or could be somehow helped by this. If you or anyone you know is struggling with depression, self-harm, or thoughts of suicide, suggest you look into therapy or at the very least confide in a friend. Just because Bella jumps off a cliff and everything works out for her does not mean that it will work out for anyone else. Okay, I apologize for getting all preachy at the end there for using such large chunks of text to support my arguments and finally for constantly switching between formal and colloquial writing. And then she shared some more quotes, um, and she says, more quotes that I need to look more into, but also support my argument. Um, and this one's from New Moon, Chapter 19. I finished her sentence. It was amazingly easy to say his name now. I wasn't sure what the difference was. Maybe I wasn't really planning on living much longer without seeing him, or at least if we were too late, it was comforting to know that I would have an easy out. Um, <sighs> yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Alice says, we'll do what we can, Bella. It's not over yet. Bella says, not yet, and the Volturi will get us if we mess up. Alice says, you say that like it's a good thing. Bella shrugs, I guess. <laughs> she, mm -hmm. Angel wrote this in like a <laughs> different way. Alice says, knock it off, Bella, or we're turning around in New York and going back to Forks. Yeah, and then also in the same chapter, she says, when I end up at home alone in Forks with no one at all, maybe I didn't want to survive no matter what happened. And that's chapter 19 in New Moon. Mm. And Angel, thank you so much for writing this all out and for being so vulnerable as well. Yeah. I feel like I've this is something I've considered before but haven't really thought too much about, especially in terms of New Moon mm -hmm. and Bella's apathy. Like, it's, it's pretty obvious that she, like, doesn't care if she dies and that she's thought about suicide. But yeah. the idea of a spectrum, I think, is important for people to realize because... I feel like a lot of people can have those thoughts and, like, not even be conscious of it or admitting it to themselves until it's too late. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And I want to just back up what Angel was saying about if you feel like, even if it's doesn't even feel like you're going to act on it or anything, just tell someone if you are having thoughts like that. Yes, please do. So, what do you think about all this and then how it connects to immortality and mortality and the whole thing? Well, it kind of reminds me of what you were saying about control sometimes. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like without Edward, and this is definitely not healthy. No. <laughs> I know we've like argued back and forth and whatever about people's criticism of Belle and Edward, but it it does seem like, you know... She's really struggling with life without Edward, and it's not what she wanted. That's not yeah. what she thought life was going to be like. I totally get it, Bella, but, like, yeah, sometimes things happen out of your control. She never wanted Edward to leave, and now I think she's struggling with dealing with that, that, like, life mm -hmm. can be out of your control. And so she seems fine with dying in that aspect but like when edward is in her life she does want that control and wants to lock it down and be like i'm living with you forever you yeah know? well it's kind of 
like she never just doesn't ever want to leave Edward and she doesn't mm-hmm. want Edward to leave her. This actually, I was reading an article called To Bite or Not to Bite, Twilight Immortality and the Meaning of Life by Brendan Shea. Yeah. And he talks about how um, basically the writer is saying that Del- Bella's desire to be immortal suggests that her quest in life, the thing that she thinks is her purpose, is to love Edward. Mm-hmm. And so without that, she is lost and doesn't know what to do. But then knowing that he will never die and he's immortal she feels like because she is mortal her life is almost meaningless without him because she'll just die and eventually he won't yeah so um basically he says insofar as her eventual death will prevent her from being there to protect and guide the people she loves bella think might think that choosing immortality is the best thing for her to do and then he poses this question but is bella correct in thinking that there is conflict between love and mortality Or is there something about love and about living in a meaningful human life that actually requires for mortality? After all, Bella's love for others, her reason for living, will strike many of us as resembling our own reasons for living. If she's right in choosing to become a vampire, this suggests that our our mortality is in conflict with the goals of love and that this is our misfortune. If she's wrong, it would suggest that there's something valuable in our mortality. So basically saying like, when Edward is in her life and she wants to be mortal, it's it's kind of like with what Jacob says. What was the point of me loving yeah. you, you loving yeah. him? I'm just going to die someday. So there really is no point in all of this. And so when Edward leaves, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. I thought that even... <laughs> it's like, yeah, breakups and stuff. It's like, what is the point? Yeah. Like, we yeah. are all going to leave each other. Yeah. It's so sad, but like we are all going to be left or leave people not intentionally but mm-hmm. in one way or another dies. so then people have that fear like well if everything ends everything everything, everything ends, ends. <laughs> basically if there's going to be an end what's the point of the beginning in the in the middle it's about the journey yeah not the destination no but i i get that and um but at the same time i do think like we're here on earth to to connect with others and yeah. to be with other people. But then, it, I don't know, it's almost like Bella thinking this. I don't agree with her, but it's like if you don't, if you didn't have relations or you didn't have love, is like, is life worth living? I feel like it still is. Yeah. It might be hard, but... Um... Well... Then, yeah, this article talks a lot about, like, a meaningful life and, like, what is that? Like, what is the point of living and, like, what is the point? Nobody knows. No one knows. No, but people kind of, at the same time, people kind of do know. Like, a lot of times that is other people or the relationships that you have or sometimes it's the... But you can't really depend on You can't depend on it. Exactly. To be your meaning of life. Even if it's your family, even if it's your kids, like, that's outside of you. I mean... Oh my god, this relates back to the power of now. I mean, he says that, like, really it's about you, like, your relationship. With yourself. To God or the universe. And that's really all that matters. Hmm. But if you are in tune with that, then you would have love with other people and connection to humankind and blah, blah, blah. But, Mm. I mean, that, again, this is one person's opinion. But, um... Yeah, it's true. Because, like, it is... Yeah, I mean, I think the point of life you could say is to is for love and with other people but yeah what happens if you lose them 
That's true. What happens, like, if literally your whole family and all your friends die? It's happened to people before. Yeah, exactly. So what about those people? They I mean, they just keep going, you know? Yeah, that's true. You have to. And you can always... The thing is, you can always meet other people. Bella doesn't seem to understand that. I mean, she's mm-hmm. a teenager. But, like, you could just, like, go into a diner in a random town and just talk to somebody. Yeah. And then that could be your new... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's very inspiring, Kelly. (laughs) Well, one thing I was thinking when you were reading that is Bella is so extreme. It's either I'm going to die now or I'm never, ever going to die. I feel like there's never really a time when she thinks she's going to just live a long, beautiful life and for it to end when she's an old lady the way it's supposed to be. Oh my god, that relates to this. Am I allowed to talk about this yes. yet? This is good. Are we doing this in like a good flow, good order? I hope I so. Know. Yeah, there really is no structure. It's just kind of <laughs> as the conversation progresses. Um, This, what I'm referring to is Tuck Everlasting. Mm. Oh my god. It's in my hand. Um, Tuck Everlasting by Natalie Babbitt. If you're not familiar, it's a children's novel actually it's so good I really recommend reading it it was published yeah. in 1975 and so it's about this girl Winnie she lives in a town called Tree Gap she's an only child it's actually so similar to Twilight yeah it's weird I have a feeling it's like that, in the woods too. yeah I have a feeling that this was an inspiration yeah behind Twilight that's cool with me I love Tech Everlasting mm-hmm. and I like that it's similar to Twilight because it is for kids, so it is kind of romantic, but it doesn't really get that romantic, mm-hmm. and I always felt kind of frustrated with that, <laughs> so I'm glad that there's, like, a more adult version, which is Twilight, but, yeah. so basically, this girl, Winnie, yeah, she's an only child, I think she's kind of shy, um, this family comes to towns, the Tucks, and I don't remember how she finds this out, but basically... They're, like, hundreds of years old. They're immortal because there's a spring in town. It's kind of like a fountain of youth where if you drink the water, you live forever. And she kind of forms, like, a relationship with one of the sons, Jesse, and he's, like, in love with her. I mean, it's kind of weird because she's, like, 13. But um, she really gets to know the family. And then there's, like, this whole plot about somebody knows that they're immortal and um, they have to leave town. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> I do want to talk about the end, so I will say, like, there will be spoilers. But can I read a part? Yes. So this is the girl, Winnie. She's actually with the dad right now. I always think about this. Yes. <laughs> and they're at a stream. They're in a boat on a river, not a stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is what the dad says. Know what this is all around us, Winnie, said Tuck, his voice low, his voice low. Life, moving, growing, changing, never the same two minutes together. This water, you look out at it every morning, and it looks the same, but it ain't. All night long it's been moving, coming in through the stream back there to the west, slipping out through the stream down east here, always quiet, always new, moving on. You can't hardly see the current, can you? And sometimes the wind makes it look like it's going the other way, but it's always there, the water is always moving on. And someday, after a long while, it comes to the ocean. So, there. It kind of describes the scenery, blah, blah, blah. Know what happens then, said Tuck, to the water. The sun sucks it up. 
right out of the ocean and carries it back in the clouds and then it rains and the rain falls into the stream and the stream keeps moving on taking it all back again it's a wheel Winnie everything's a wheel turning and turning never stopping the frogs is part of it the bugs and the fish and the woods thrush too and people but never the same ones always coming in new always growing and changing and always moving on that's the way it's supposed to be that's the way it is describing the scenery blah 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 and then he says it goes on to the ocean but this rowboat now it's stuck if we didn't move it out ourselves, it would stay forever here trying to get loose but stuck that's what us tucks are Winnie stuck so we can't move on we ain't part of the wheel no more dropped off Winnie left behind and everything and everywhere around us things is moving and growing and changing you for instance a child now but someday a woman and after that moving on to make room for the new children and Winnie's kind of like realizing this and she gets upset and she says, I don't want to die. No, Tuck, said Tuck calmly, not now. Your time's not now, but dying's part of the wheel right there next to being born. You can't pick out the pieces you like and leave the rest. Being part of the whole thing, that's a blessing. But it's passing us by, us Tucks. Living, living's heavy work, but off to one side, the way we are, it's useless too. It don't make sense. If I knowed how to climb back on the wheel, I'd do it in a minute. You can't have living without dying. So you can't call it living what we got. We just are. We just be like rocks beside the road. I always think about that because when I was a kid, I was so afraid of dying. And when I heard yeah. that, that was the first time I ever thought, oh, there's, it's not all it's, you know, yeah. or living forever is not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. It's just like what Rosalie talks about. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is all we'll ever be stuck. Never moving Never forward. Moving forward. Well, it's sad. It is sad because... Imagine if you were watching everybody else change and you yeah. don't change. Because change is really the only constant yeah. in I mean, life. It Life is, like, about stages. Like, think mm -hmm. about where we are now. We're, like, in our early, mid-20s. I'm more mid, you're more early. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so everybody in our life right now is kind of, like, figuring out their careers, mm -hmm. getting apartments, like dating. People are thinking about like, who am I going to marry? Maybe yeah. not right this second, but like maybe in the next couple of years or something, people are, that's what's on their mind. And then after yeah. that, people will be like getting married and then people will be having kids. Not everybody, but like, that's what a lot of people do. And maybe if you're not, you're thinking more about your career and traveling and I don't know, your projects that you do. Anyway, and then you get older, and maybe you have grandkids, and now you're, like, retired. You know, there's stages to life. Yeah. If you're not moving, it's like what? you're just on the outside watching. Exactly. And also, I feel like those stages are motivating a lot yeah. of times. It's like your purpose. Exactly. Like, I was thinking about on The Sims, for instance. Yeah. It's stupid, <laughs> but, like, I get addicted to that game. Like, guys, sometimes I can't stop playing it the for, Sims. like, days on end. I've yeah. literally knock on the bathroom for like nine hours because yeah. I've been playing The Sims. But it's because I'm like, I just got to get to their next birthday. Yeah. I just got to have see them have yeah. the baby. I got to see them. Yeah. <laughs> like I got to get to fall. Like I'm always in. That's kind yeah. of the beauty of The Sims. It's like it shows like how you're, it's just so exciting. The yeah. change that is always happening. And it's, it is sad. Like if you do the whole family tree, like if you keep, I would always play for like generations. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah, it's sad. Like the person you started with dies, but then you're still playing with their grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're kind of living on. Yeah. And, and they yeah. look like them, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. It's cool. Um, but that is 
your motivation. Like, if we were not changing at all, like, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. If I wasn't, like, I do have a slight stress right now where it's, like, sometimes it happens my life. too fast. Meet someone. Yeah. Like, yeah, or it's happening too fast. But, like, if there was abs, I wouldn't really know what to do. Yeah. There's no urgency. Well, I think it's also really beautiful, too, that we have had different stages in our lives before us as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, it's it's cool that, like, we've been able to be babies and like we've been five and we've been 10 and it's teenagers yeah and it's like all those times are like then still a bit part of you afterwards yeah and Mm -hmm. that's like what makes you who you are I want to talk about the end of this book though Mm -hmm. so spoiler if you've never read it or seen the movie with Alexis Bledel which by the way I used to want Alexis Bledel to play Bella back in the day. Ugh, no. I think it's because of this movie. Yeah, probably. That would have been too similar. (laughs) Okay, I'm just gonna summarize, though, but, um, basically, so, like, this girl, Winnie, she gets caught up in this family. She's, it's literally, like, Bella and the Collins, and the family has to flee the town because somebody knows that they're immortal and stuff, and Jesse tells her, like, drink the water, we'll come back for you. Like, he's telling her, like, become immortal. The opposite of Edward. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, drink the water, and, yeah, we'll come back, and we'll be together forever. And they leave town. Okay, so then there's an epilogue, and the parents have come back to Tree Gap. I don't know where Jesse and the other son are, but May and Tuck, they come back to Tree Gap. It's been forever. And so when this book took place in, like, 1870, I think, and now it's 1950, And I don't know, I was reading this the other night and I started to cry because the town is like all different now. It says like, um, Chugat Hotel, Family Dining, Easy Rates, the post office, beyond that the jailhouse, but a larger jailhouse now painted brown with an office for the county clerk, a black and white police car was parked in front with a red glass searchlight on its roof and the radio antenna like a buggy whip fastened to the windshield. It's like, it's so different now. Mm -hmm. Like when Winnie was there, it was... Literally the 1800s with, like, buggies and stuff. So the parents go to a diner, and they're, like, asking questions. Like, oh, is there still... What is it? Uh, Didn't there used to be a wood once down the other side of the town? Like, that woods is, like, gone. And um, it's been cleared out. And they're just kind of looking around this town that they haven't been to in, like, almost 100 years. And then they see the cemetery, and they go in there... And they see this grave, and it's Winnie's grave, and it says, In loving memory, Winifred Foster Jackson, dear wife, dear mother, 1870 to 1948. And Tuck's like, so, two years. She's been gone two years. And it's, like, really sad. And they're like, oh, poor Jesse. And then Tuck says, he knowed it, though. At least he knowed she wasn't coming back. We all knowed that long time ago. Um, so it's, like, a little sad, but then they just kind of go, like, all right, now where to? And they, like, get in their car or something, and they leave. Yeah. And that's the end of the book. And it's kind of like an alternate version of what Twilight could have been. Yeah. You know? That's so true. It's like, it's the opposite ending. Yeah. That is so <laughs> sad. I feel like I always thought there was a note that was left that, like, she was like, I couldn't do it. No, but I guess it's just the implication. She might have before the epilogue. It's really interesting because she really wanted to be immortal, I think. Yeah. Well, before the epilogue, you know, back when she's still a mm-hmm. kid, she has the water, but then she actually decided to pour it on a toad mm-hmm. instead of drinking it. And so the last... Does the toad live forever? Yeah. yeah. So like the very end, 
they're like about to drive over a toe that's in the middle of the road and the mom says darn fool must think it's gonna live forever and yeah the toad's just there oh wow mm -hmm. that poor toad what if it <laughs> didn't want that imagine living your whole life as a toad oh. <laughs> <laughs> immortal toad <laughs> i don't know if she wrote a note no i don't think she did makes me feel sad it makes me so but like sad but does part of you i don't know like i love that her and edward have there together but like she could have she, she never saw that as a possibility that she could get married and yeah. have kids and, I mean, she doesn't have to do that i know everyone's like she doesn't have to have kids but she could have lived a life and it's sad but well, Edward could have visited her grave. And... I think what's interesting is in Twilight, it's presented at this as this perfectly happy ending. You know, yeah. they're forever, forever. And they live forever, and it's like it couldn't be any better. Like, they're literally never going to die. Mm. But when you actually think about it realistically, like, first of all, none of the other vampires seem happy that they're immortal. <laughs> none of them are like, yeah, this is great. Really? I mean, maybe the Volturi. I wonder eventually Bella and Edward will be on the same page as others. Well, so that's what this article I was reading about was talking about. And it basically was, it was actually talking about this philosopher, Bernard Williams. And he said that we're driven in life by these things called categorical desires, which are desires on the condition that we are alive to fulfill them. And basically it's kind of like, to, sometimes it's to have kids or to, you know, get a promotion or whatever. It's, it's sometimes like, Living for things which you are going to live behind, but maybe even not get to experience all of the perks of it. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, writing a novel or having yeah. kids that will have kids and whatever it is. He says, basically, that when Bella is older, these desires will fade because mm -hmm. she won't really... She's going to do everything, try everything, and, like, really what is what are you anymore, I guess. Basically saying, like, she'll get bored. So um, the writer, Brendan Shea, says, The problem with categorical desires, according to Williams, is that they eventually dry up. The desire to successfully raise four or five or ten, twenty children might well provide meaning and purpose to a person's life. But what happens when one has raised hundreds of children over the course of thousands of years? It seems likely that over an infinite ex expanse of time, many of us would find it difficult to hold on to the same attitude of hope and caring that we originally had. Nothing would be new or surprising. The same thing holds true for almost any categorical desire. One can only write so many books or compete in so many sporting events before one ceases to find such activities worthy of pursuit. Bella has every reason to expect one day, perhaps thousands of years from now, she will have lost her categorical desires and she will become bored with her new life. When this day comes, it's unclear whether it will still be Bella making her choice to commit suicide or to continue on. After all, we are all defined by those things that truly matter to us. Someone else in Bella's body, someone with the same memories, but not with Bella's categorical desires for the well-being of others would be recognized, wouldn't be recognizable as Bella. So basically, when she is going to have lived for thousands of years, is she even Bella anymore? Because she'll become desensitized to the things which she truly cares about now. Probably not. But the one thing is in Stephanie Meyer's universe... When these vampires mate, they mate for life and they're always madly, deeply in love with each other. But in real life, if you were with someone forever and ever, the things that excited you and you know you're never going to die, they would they 
excite you anymore, I feel like you'd become very bored of them, and it wouldn't be happy. Probably. I know. I'm sure you'd still love them, but, like, thousands of years, or even hundreds of years of hooking up with the same dude... This reminds- I'm monogamous AF, guys. Like, I really am. But, like, even I think that seems a little crazy. This reminds me a lot of a song called If We Were Vampires oh, yeah. by Jason Isbell. And it talks about that. It's like, at first, it's great. But he says, if so basically the lyrics are like, if we were vampires and death was a joke, we'd go out on the sidewalk and smoke and laugh at all the lovers yeah. and their plans. I wouldn't feel the need to hold their hand. And then he says, Aww. maybe time running out is a gift. I'll work hard till the end of my shift and give you every second I can find and hope it isn't me who's left behind. It's knowing that this can't go on forever. Likely one of us will have to die or spend some days alone. Maybe we'll get 40 days together, but one day I'll be gone or one day you'll be gone. It basically, it's like... So sweet. It's sweet because it's like, the fact that you are going to die is what gives you the urgency to make the most out of it. And like, yeah. if you were never going to die, would you ever even profess your love for someone? Because you have no. all the time in the world. I know. And it, I mean, it almost makes like, it makes sense that Edward would be so captivated by a human, I think, because it's like, mm-hmm. shoot, like, she's not going to live forever. She keeps almost dying. Yeah. But as for, like, vampire-vampire relationships, I don't know. They don't seem that interesting to me. Yeah, they don't seem as interesting to me either. Because mm. it's like, what are they just doing? Like. Yeah. And I think even though people might think getting old sucks, which I really want to change our culture's mm-hmm. viewpoint on that, because everyone gets old, just like everyone dies. Even though you might think getting old isn't the best or something, that's what you imagine like when you're in love with someone Mm -hmm. don't you just imagine like if you're 20 or something you're like oh what would we be like if we were 40 yeah oh what about when we're old people and like i it brings me back to rosalie and Emmett. like she thinks that's tragic that they're never gonna be old and it kind of is yeah well yeah my mom always says like when it's like her birthday sometimes like oh can you believe you're 60 or something and, like, sometimes she's like, oh, I wish I didn't have wrinkles. I wish my hair was thicker. But, like, it is better than the alternative. Yeah. That's that's the point, is that you see another birthday, that you yeah. are aging. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is deep, man. This is deep. Well, <laughs> that was making me think that urgency, that leads to excitement, kind of, and anxiety. And that's, like, what makes a relationship exciting is... Is that a little bit why Edward didn't want Bella to become a vampire? Because he's like, oh gosh, this won't be fun anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't judge him if that's why. No. I would, I, I would get that. <laughs> gosh, this is making me want to like run out and profess my love to someone and like get on a plane and go to Europe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like meant to text someone, but I accidentally texted my mom. Like What? <laughs> I, like... What? I'm so no 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 it's not what you think but I meant to text like a friend or something like I'm so afraid that I'm gonna die someday I'm so aware of it so like I have to be in love with someone who's in love with me back I just want this beautiful romance I fucking texted it to my mom at like 11 p.m Wait, last night no not last oh. night it's a different time and it was so embarrassed about it what did she say back and then she was like have you tried eHarmony <laughs> I was so embarrassed because me and my mom don't talk like that.
Sorry, mom. She's probably maybe listening. Hi, Mary. How are you? <laughs> Can I read another quote? Yes. You know, guys, this is my uh, favorite scene. <laughs> it's a new moon. It's Carlisle and Bella. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I fin love this part. Okay. I felt like if we're doing the immortality episode, mortality episode. Yeah. I had to read this part. Okay. So, Carlisle's doing her stitches. And he's talking about his father, who was very religious and was a vampire hunter, actually, right? He's talking about faith and all that. Bella's talking about her own family's religious habits. And he says... I'm sure all of this sounds a little bizarre coming from a vampire. He grinned, knowing how their casual use of that word never failed to shock me. But I'm hoping that there's still a point to this life, even for us. It's a long shot, I'll admit, he continued in an offhand voice. By all accounts, we're damned regardless. But I hope, maybe foolishly, that we'll get some measure of credit for trying. I don't think that's foolish, I mumbled. I couldn't imagine anyone, deity included, who wouldn't be impressed by Carlyle. Besides, the only kind of heaven I could appreciate would would have to include Edward. And I don't think anyone else would either. Actually, you're the very first one to agree with me. Carlisle said that. The rest of them don't feel the same, I asked, surprised, thinking of only one person in particular. Carlisle guessed the direction of my thoughts again. Edward's with me up to a point. God and heaven exist, and so does hell. But he doesn't believe there is an afterlife for our kind. Carlisle's voice was very soft. He stared out the big window over the sink into the darkness. You see, we th- he thinks we've lost our souls. I immediately thought of Edward's voice this afternoon, unless you want to die, or whatever it is that we do. The light bulb flicked on over my head. That's the real problem, isn't it, I guessed. That's why he's being so difficult about me. Carlisle spoke slowly. I look at my son, his strength, his goodness, the brightness that shines out of him, and it only fuels the hope that... That hope, that faith, more than ever. How could there not be more for one such as Edward? But if I believed as he does, he looked down at me with unfathomable eyes. If you believed as he did, could you take away his soul? (laughs) The whole soul thing is so interesting to me. Because I feel like I've always been like, of course I have a soul. Yeah. But (laughs) I said this to you the other night. Like, what is a soul and why would a vampire not have it yeah why would a vampire not have it well this article i was reading kind of explained that oh Can we read to you? why don't you tell me <laughs> it said so the guy brendan shea said if our souls are the things whatever they are that make us human the question becomes could a vampire have one Imagine for a moment that you are Carlisle. It's morning. You spent a sleepless night listening to music and rereading your favorite book for the 30th time. You go downstairs and say goodbye to your family. You're never tired, so there's no point to picking up coffee on the way to work. You only need to hunt for your food once a month or so, so there's no such thing as a family breakfast. It's cold outside, but you don't notice. You'll never get ill from undressing or not washing your hands or eating the wrong thing. You'll never be out of shape or be tired after a long day's work. There's no need to give your children a ride to school or to worry when they are not home on time. The last time one has... One was hit by a car. The vehicle was the victim. You go to the hospital where you've worked for the last several years. Some of your colleagues worry that they've wasted the prime of their lives and that they never can get back the long hours they've dedicated to the hospital. Their children have grown up and moved away. Yours, of course, will remain exactly as they've always been. 
Outside of the occasional disagreements with rival vampire clans, there is no real danger in the Collins' lives. This may sound quite pleasant until we consider how inhuman such a life would be. In particular, it's hard to see how such a life could have the same type of meaning or purpose that a well-structured human life does. Bella's love and sacrifice for others gives meaning to her life. Edward's love for Bella can never quite be the same. His choice, his choice to stay in Forks, unlike Bella's, does not involve any real sacrifice. Bella's mother will get older and her Phoenix friends will move away to college. Edward's family remains unchanged and he always has an infinite amount of time to travel and go to college. Likewise, Edward's risks on Bella's behalf are at first relatively trivial. Edward risks not, and then basically he says like, I cut that off, but he says that every time Edward kind of risks his life, besides when he goes and kills James, so this doesn't, in Victoria, so this doesn't really play out, but they're less meaningful, like his acts of heroism, mm. when he goes to stop the van, or he, uh, I don't know, whatever things he does, <laughs> he's not risking his life at all, so he says, he, the guy says, to be a genuine lover or a friend is to be prepared to make sacrifices, but immortals simply have no way to sacrifice them sacrifice them basically you know this might not even be backing up the point that they don't have souls but they are really not human in any way they don't experience the same things that we as humans experience yeah oh my god it's like the sims with the cheats yeah exactly and so like does that take away the fact that they would have a soul but at the same time other creatures don't really experience that too except they do experience change yeah i know do other animals have souls where would a vampire's soul go mm -hmm. when they become a vampire? I don't know. And, like, yeah, it's strange. Because yeah. I, I always think of a soul as being, like, your personality or something. Or, like, that true essence of you. Mm -hmm. But what... Oh, I, still, I still believe in that. But what freaks me out is that people's... The way they act and the way they are Changes. can change yeah. from, like trauma to your head or something and like yeah exactly change and like that really freaks me out but um yeah and so like where does that soul go i know because i think of like that's why i don't like reincarnation because i think i am my memories like i am my relationships <laughs> i am all those things in my personality so i don't care if i come back as <laughs> somebody else because that's not me anymore yeah i know i don't like that either yeah Ah. It's like your soul is this other thing that you are not even conscious of in a way. Mm -hmm. But I, I get sad when I think a lot about Alice and how she doesn't really remember her past life at all because it's like, and that there's a grave for herself. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, wow, that was someone who had a whole life and like people she knew and people who cared about her, I guess. And that person really did die if she can't remember it. Yeah. And like, so where did that soul go? It's really sad. I, the thing is, like, I think when they talk about not having souls to me and being damned, it's like, oh, because they're unnatural and mm -hmm. kind of evil in that way or just wrong in that, I don't know, let's say the devil or opposite of God or whatever, like, that would make sense to me, but a lot of times they become vampires out of their control, and that doesn't yeah. seem right to me. I'm like, it's not fair. Why would Edward lose his soul when he didn't even choose 
be a vampire. Exactly. And Carlisle's, like, this great guy, and, I mean, he didn't choose to be a vampire either, and most of them didn't, so it's like, why, why would they lose their soul for that? Yeah. At the same time, they do have a lot of human characteristics. Like, Carlisle turned them all because he couldn't bear to be mm-hmm. without companionship, and mm-hmm. that's a necessity for humans. Let's say, like, science and medicine got super extreme and we no longer needed to, like, eat or sleep somehow or yeah, whatever. Yeah, just had like, all the would cheats. Would we still be human? That's a good point. Yeah, if we had, and we had super strength. I mean, I was reading these Reddits, like, subreddit pages, um, <laughs> and all these people were kind of arguing, like, oh, everybody says immortality would be boring or blah, blah, blah. No, it wouldn't. And these people seem to think that it's actually going to be possible for... These are just people online. They think Mm -hmm. it's possible that we could become immortal or at least live a really long time. And um, there's a lot of ethics and stuff that goes into that. And the people on the subreddit, they were very pro-immortality. And they were like, people just say that, that death's part of life. But no. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Well... As I was reading this, I thought this was kind of funny, but also terrifying. It was saying that if you're immortal, and you really lived like thousands of years, at some point you might get stuck somewhere. What does that mean? Like, <laughs> like if there's an earthquake or something, you'll get like stuck oh under a Oh god. Rock. Wouldn't that be horrible? That would be the worst. Well, if you were a vampire, you could get your way out of it. That's true. They're really strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that they talk about souls because, like, well, if you're immortal, who cares? But it it is because they are not really totally immortal because they will die someday. Mm -hmm. And they know that. I feel like it's not even possible to be truly immortal. Even if you did kind of live as long as our galaxy or whatever. Yeah. I'm assuming someday something would happen but i don't know well the cullens or vampires in general in this world ever try to like just go up into space like if they're they not should. gonna die from it they should they should like just like yeah they should become go to space. i just feel like the problem with that is it would probably attract too much attention people would be like why is there a spaceship in the <laughs> sky who's on that thing but that's true that's could they true. bounce their way up there if they wanted to <laughs> bounce <laughs> They jump up there. They can't fly. They can't so. fly. Can they build their own spaceship? Yeah, but people would see it. That's true. And like NASA would the see US it. Would like shoot it down. Yeah, that would cause way too much commotion. <laughs> but it would be cool. They could like go up into like and walk around on all the stars and yeah. on, even on. Well, no, they probably can't go on the sun. No. They would they die. die. Yeah. Did you know that? If you go to Venus, which no one's ever been to Venus, but, and no one ever should because the storms are so bad on Venus that when Russia sent a space probe there, it only lasted like 20 minutes before getting destroyed. Oh my god. Space freaks me out more than anything. very, very freaky. When we were just saying this, I was imagining like, oh, they could, I'm sure they have actually, could swim across the ocean, could swim to Asia or swim to Russia. Yeah. But wouldn't that be scary? That would be so scary. Whales and stuff. Oh, that'd be so scary. Even if you were a vampire, I feel like you still (laughs) would have fear sometimes. That would be terrifying. Like, because if you were... In the middle of the ocean. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... 
A shark isn't going to attack you. You can kill it pretty easily. If you're a vampire. If you're a vampire, but I feel like it still would be scary. Yeah. The waves. And it would be so dark down there. Oh. Right? But could they see through the I darkness? I guess they could see the surface. Yeah. But it would be cool. They could really explore things. Some article I was reading, like, there's a lot of things out there about immortality. What would it be like? And someone was saying, like, arguing that you wouldn't get bored and they're like even if you've been to india 30 times you could still always go back and like i don't know i do think it would take a very long time to do everything yeah but you might lose your motivation to even try yeah well i also think with life is like the fact is we don't get enough time Mm -hmm. we don't get to go everywhere we don't get to try everything and that's kind of like a sucky thing is like we we really do need more time. It's it's kind of not fair <laughs> that that's how it's set up. So it's natural to always have that appeal for immortality because mm-hmm. you're going to have to miss out on so many things. I also wrote in my notes here, not aging would be hard, I think. Looking young but feeling much wiser than everyone mm. around you but not really accepted by older people. I do think that would be annoying. That would be really annoying, especially to be in high school. I cannot imagine. I couldn't even be in high school now. I could not go back it's to It's my school. reoccurring nightmare where they're like, do you have a hall pass? And I'm like, do you know who I am? I've yeah. been to college. Yeah. I do random <laughs> things on a Tuesday during, like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I bet also, like, I mean, young people, I think, I mean, are still young but like I think young people are so confused and like often dramatic Mm -hmm. and causing problems and just don't know what to do and if you've been around for like 100 years 200 years you probably are pretty at peace I'm guessing with yourself and you would probably be annoyed by other young people you'd be like oh get a grip like yeah exactly yeah (laughs) yeah that would be so annoying no one would respect you and wouldn't it suck if you really loved like the 80s or the 1930s or I don't even know 1870s and now like so much time has passed and you just like don't relate to culture anymore yeah and time would move so quickly yeah for someone of your kind Mm -hmm. well this article I read also kind of mentions that with like so because Bella is mortal it really makes this relationship really unequal and one of those things is the fact that because Edward can live forever Bella probably has this fear that she is, like, a speck in his life. Yeah. She's really just kind of, like, a second. And so I feel like for her to feel worthy, she wants him to change her because then it's like, well, you can just keep going on living and you'll forget about me. hmm That's true. I wonder if if Bella stayed mortal and died one day, would, would Edward have ever loved again? Not in this universe at Stephanie Meyer has written no that's yeah. not no canon in the story and Remember, I do this to everyone I do this to everyone she has a new girlfriend but in reality that probably would happen yeah but not in this fantasy no but I would I would have that fear if I was dating someone who lived forever of like they they will go on without me and yeah. that's why I was thinking that like so teenagers especially always feel like they're immortal i mean we all think about death Mm -hmm. and you know not always some teenagers probably think about it more than others Mm -hmm. 
it's kind of that's a stereotype of youth and it's true to some extent but Bella has to think about it way more because her death is way more pressing in comparison to her boyfriend's Mm -hmm. but like why wouldn't you want to live forever if the love of your life wasn't going to die asking me yeah why wouldn't that I know that would be hard yeah you have to be really secure within yourself I think to be like all right you go on without yeah. me, like, I'm gonna do this for myself, basically. Yeah. I think a lot of it is insecurity, too, because a lot of it comes down to the superficialness of being, like, someday I'll look like an old lady. Yeah. That's big to her. Yeah. I think that's a p- big motivator for Bella. But if she was really secure in her relationship and in, in herself, that shouldn't concern her too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she also knows that part of her knows that like Edward will die when she dies. Mm -hmm. So she knows that like if she dies, he will kill himself. And kind of setting him up for that. Edward. It's upsetting. It is upsetting. Would you become a vampire? No. Well, this whole thing is making me feel like the beauty of life is that you you live and you change and you grow and you die. Yeah. So, I don't think I would want to be immortal. I usually say, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm usually always saying, like, I wish I was a vampire. Yeah. I wish I didn't need to sleep. I wish I had more time. I always want to have more time. Yeah, this discussion is affecting me. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sounds pretty bleak. Yeah, it's tough because sometimes you can say like that's the beauty of life is that you live a full life, but then there's also instances where people die super young and it's so tragic and there's there's like no way to like put a silver lining on that. Like there's no way to say that's I how know. it's supposed to be because it's not supposed to be that way either. It's sad. And like the thing is, that's a threat for all of us. Oh my god. Not gonna wait. I hope not for me. <laughs> I can't imagine that Carlisle was alone. All that time? Yeah. And immortal. Like, I can't. I cannot imagine that. I actually have another thing to say about Carlisle. And it, it goes back to those desires of, like, what are you living for? And mm. it says, um, the article said, Carlisle. Carlisle. Carlisle, unlike many of the other vampires, does not seem to need the threat of danger to motivate him to act to motivate him to acts of love and compassion. In fact, his life seems to be the paradigm of of a meaningful life. He spends his days working at a hospital and his nights with his family. He has saved many of his family members from premature death and still serves as something like a father to his immortal children. Carlyle represents the possibility of living a meaningful, immortal existence. The possibility of Carlyle living this meaningful life requires that other people be mortal. However, Carlyle's work in a hospital, for example, only makes sense if there are creatures capable of sickness and death. If everyone in the world were a vampire, there would certainly be far less need for such work. Even Carlyle's role as a father depends on him on his saving the children from sure death and helping them to adjust to their new life. If everyone were guaranteed immortality, there would simply be no one Carlyle could help. This does not show, of course, that immortals must live meaningless lives. Instead, they must find new values to give structure to their lives, and these new values may be quite different from the type 
one might expect. Mm. I thought that was interesting. Because not a lot of other vampires are doing the same thing. They're just hunting, killing, mm-hmm. and running around, running around and kind of giving into their own pulses. There's <laughs> seemingly no meaning to life, but Carlisle has contradicted that mm-hmm. and is doing the best he can to save his soul. Oh, Carlo. Oh, Carlo. Do you think he's doing that out of fear of him not having a soul? Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. Yeah, he's, like, doing everything he can. Yeah. I hope it works for him. Yeah, me too. Well, I had some questions, some discussion questions. I feel like we answered a lot of them. Ask away, though. Okay, so I'll just go down the list, and we can answer quickly if we have. Okay. But... So, does immortality make love more or less meaningful, do you think? Mortality or immortality? Oh, sorry, mortality. (laughs) (laughs) You sound similar. Why would it make it less meaningful? I don't get that. Well, the fact that we're all just going to die someday, so what's the point? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. More, I'd say more. I'd say more, too. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that urgency, that, I don't know, especially... If we're talking romantic love, like that desire to partner up with someone and grow mm-hmm. old with them, blah, 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 like that wouldn't be a thing if it weren't for the fact that we die. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. And if you lived forever, I feel like you wouldn't feel that mm-hmm. need as much. Yeah. To, like, show your love for people. <laughs> yeah, and if you lived forever, there. Again, the urgency is gone. You might be like, meh, meh. Mm-hmm. maybe next month I'll join a dating app, or eh, maybe in 10 years. Like, I don't know. It's just, doesn't really yeah. need love exactly. as much. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you do, because if you were immortal, you'd be lonely. You would need yeah. companionship. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. But even platonic love, I feel like sometimes when you realize your love the most for someone is when they die to be honest that's like when you kind of get like a flashback of like your whole relationship with that person and you're like wow that was really meaningful but without that sometimes just in the living moments you don't have that i know it's sad every time someone dies you're like now i'm gonna really appreciate everybody yeah. And you do, but then you kind of just go back to normal life. It fades, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> sad. But that's, I I always think about this lyric in like a Miley Cyrus song where she's like, um, death is life, it's not a curse, it reminds us of time and what it's worth. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, death is super, super sad, but the like one good thing about it is it reminds you how important people are. Otherwise, you would be kind of soulless. Yeah. Heartless. Yeah, which is what I think a lot of vampires are, not saying mm-hmm. the clones are. Mm-hmm. I feel like their connection to a mortal makes them more human. Yeah. Okay, another one. Um, we basically answered this, but are the Twilight vampires truly immortal when they are capable of dying? And if Edward couldn't kill himself, like he couldn't die mm-hmm. at all, do you think he would put up such a stink about Bella's soul and not wanting to turn her? Wait, if he couldn't die at all. If he couldn't die at all, because I feel would like. Would he not put up a stink? 
because he knows Bella will die someday and he knows he'll just kill himself when that happens, he knows he never really has to live without her. Yeah. But if that wasn't the case and he's going to have to live without her when yeah. she dies, no matter yeah. what, do you think he would just turn her? I think maybe he would change his mind about that. I think he would think too. If he thought there was no way out and he's like, oh my God, I'm going to have to live forever yeah. without her. Yeah. That would be I horrible think, for him. I think he would turn her. Yeah. I think he would, too. I don't think he's that perfect that he would be that selfless to let her go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe. Yeah. And then this one, I feel like we don't know how to answer, but what is a soul and why would a vampire not have one? We basically already talked about that. We don't know. Oh, this one I didn't cover yet. Why do the werewolves want the vampires to leave when their presence is what allows them immortality? <laughs> okay, I wanted to talk about the werewolves because they can live forever as long as they're mm-hmm. actively being a wolf. And I guess once they stop, then they age and will die yeah. like when they retire or whatever. <laughs> um, and I wish we kind of got a little bit more about their perspective. We never hear Jacob or anybody else in the tribe talk about this it's like why it seems like they value death yeah i agree going old and stuff and i don't know if it's because they can't reproduce while they're being a wolf or while they're being immortal i'm not sure that's the reason but like it's kind of assumed that eventually they'll like retire and then grow old and die yeah do the wolves not do they think immortality is wrong? It's never really said. Like, why do they choose to die even though they kind of are immortal? This, I feel like I am not an expert enough to speak on, but I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that, like, a lot of times in Native American culture, they really value circularness. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of their stories are circular, um, and they value, like, the kind of, like, the wheel that you were talking about of, like, mm, yeah, this turns into this and turns into that and possibly i i'm not well read up on this at all so i feel like i can't really speak on it too much but i just remember that like in every story i've read that was by a native american author that was always the theme of like that wheel Mm -hmm. why do the wolves why are they sort of immortal just the convenience of jacob and anesme but it's kind of what I think. Is Jacob going to keep being a werewolf with the clones around? Like, are they still going to be a threat I, to him? I don't know. If it, I don't even think it matters if they're a threat, though, because the clones were never a threat to them, and they turn into wolves anyway. It's just vampires in general. Yeah. I think he will. Well, he already is a werewolf. Like, I think once you turn into one, you are one. But the clones were around for a while before they turned into werewolves. I know, it's weird. <laughs> I don't I don't really know when Sam turned, but I feel like Jacob was doing just fine for like a couple of years when I the Collins were around. So Also I don't get the logic. So Billy his generation wasn't they weren't wolves. Right. Yeah. But his parents Yeah were. Yeah. Did they live a long time or were they like, did that extend their lives at all, or... Yeah, because they're all dead now. I don't get it. Where are they? <laughs> Why are they dead? I don't know. Because that should have extended their life a little bit. I don't get it. Because <laughs> Billy's, what, 50? <laughs> Maybe. 
right? Yeah. So his parents presumably would be like 70, but if the they had a... The book acts as though Jacob's grandparents have been dead long time. Yeah. Like, oh, it's ancient history. They should still be alive. <laughs> you don't see that generation at all. Like, if they had like an extra 10, yeah. 15 years to their life because they were immortal for that time, that doesn't make any sense to me. Would you say the wolves are immortal? It seems like they can die quite easily. Like, yeah. even if you are being a wolf... Yeah, they heal quickly, but it seems like they can still die much more easily than a vampire. Because I feel like they could also still die from human causes as werewolves. Like, I feel like they could still get in, like, a car accident and die. Mm -hmm. Probably. Right? What do you guys think? (laughs) I don't know. Don't you think if you were a werewolf, though, and, like, you felt like your time wasn't ready yet, or, like, you didn't want to die, or, like... I don't know, you were feeling scared about this, so, like, you'd be on the lookout for vampires just to, like, extend your life? I think that once you are a werewolf, though, it doesn't really matter. Like, you are a werewolf. Yeah. Even if the vampires are gone. No, I think they stopped doing the whole werewolf thing, right? No, I think that, like, you, that's what causes you to turn into a werewolf, but then I think once you are one... You're always one? You just are a werewolf, yeah. That's what I think. I thought I mean, you Jacob, like, stop. How would that work though? Like, what's the proximity? Like, Jacob becomes a wolf and just runs like 300 miles away to Canada. Like, I don't think he's near a vampire, but he's still a wolf. No, I feel like when they're 50, they won't be able to phase into wolves anymore. What if they've been wolves the whole time? Oh, like they never unfazed? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they are unfazing, but then they phase back. I think eventually you'll, they'll stop being able to phase, right? I don't know. That'd be gross if they were like 50 <laughs> and all of a sudden their clothes are falling off. <laughs> Maybe they're buff for life. Oh, yeah, like Brad Pitt. Okay, sorry. They're 80 and they're phasing. Oh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh. Is he immortal? Wait, Maybe. <laughs> He was an interview with a vampire. We know someone who we were, like, convinced was a vampire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's, like, a lot of stuff to back that up. Maybe we'll talk about it on our Patreon. <laughs> One time when I was working at the chocolate shop, this girl came in. She came in twice, I think. She was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe she had plastic surgery. I don't know. but And she also had short blonde hair. She kind of looked like a Denali girl or something i don't know i know there's a lot of beautiful people out there but like something about this girl really freaked me out i was like oh my god is she a vampire shit she's really pale too well they say to trust your instincts they say when you get i think she oprah says that oprah says it is when you get that hmm something's not quite right when you get that feeling you guys listen to super little conversation something feels not quite right. Not quite right. Listen to that. <laughs> Listen to it. Like, please believe me. I know. I believe you. Like, you know, even when you think of celebrities and like Gigi Hadid, whatever, like, no, this girl was like. Otherworldly. She even had really yeah. short hair. Yeah. She didn't even, didn't matter. I don't know. I believe you. Her skin was just perfect. I'm, I, I bet. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I was in Salem, Massachusetts, so who knows? Shit, yeah, spooky <laughs> things happen there. I love when when weird things happen. I'm like vampires. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of hope they're real. Me too. <laughs> Me too. 
but I don't. Possible is everything real? Yeah, what is the I don't quote? know what they quote. <laughs> the, all the stories. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna see if I have more questions. Oh, we kind of answered it. Realistically, what would it be like to live forever? Could there ever really be a happily ever after? Or would you get bored? Or would you want to keep on living? I think no. I think in reality, in the Twilight world, yes, they will live happily mm-hmm. ever after. But in reality, you would not. I would try very hard not to get bored, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it would be even worse than boredom. It would be like just despair. I agree. I mean, I was unemployed for a little bit because I got, (laughs) it sounds unrelated, but because I got laid off. And when Mm. you don't have a job, this is like a real thing. If anyone else has ever been unemployed, you get depressed. Yeah. You feel like you have no purpose, even though like, oh, work sucks, blah, blah, blah. But no, guys, like you need a job. Like Mm -hmm. otherwise life gets very depressing. And the second I started working at that chocolate place, even though it wasn't my passion or whatever, Mm. like life really changed. I felt yeah. much better. So I do think that, like, even if you had a job as a vampire, there'd be, like, this idleness, this, like, yeah loss of motivation, I bet. Because really, even if your dream is to, like, make it to the top of the fashion magazine world, mm-hmm. let's say that's your goal, you're going to reach it someday, and then now what? Okay, you come up with another goal, but now it's like, okay... I'm going to live so much more. That only took me, like, 20 years. Or like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it would start to get really weird. Yeah, I agree. People say that. It's when, they're, when their dreams come to fruition, they realize, like, oh, like, now what do I do? <laughs> I think Jim Carrey said that in his, like, documentary really? thing. He was like, I realized, like, I had all my dreams come true, and I was deeply unhappy damn yeah so guys never <laughs> achieve your goals go after them but don't actually achieve them yeah just yeah, kidding yeah. <laughs> dang it's like sad because you haven't reached your dreams yeah when you do <laughs> when you do yeah i mean no i'm sure that's not the case for everyone i'm sure a yeah. lot of people are like no. wow i'm content i'm at peace i did what i wanted to do and i'm happy actually you know the writer david sedaris mm-hmm. i i was listening to npr one time and he was on and I actually took out my phone and recorded it, and sometimes I listen to it, but the interviewer asked him, like, is it everything you hoped it would be, you know, being a writer and everything? And he said, it's exactly what I hoped it would be. Oh, it is fabulous. That's so optimistic. I, know, I, know. I like that. He was like, you know, people expect me to say no, it's not, but it is exactly what I hoped it would be. I love that. <laughs> Because I feel like a lot of times writers, too, are like, it's miserable. (laughs) Being a writer is horrible. And it's like, Like, No, it's not. (laughs) Maybe you should do something else if you really hate it so much. It was so cute. I love that guy. Yeah. He also, like, picks up trash as a hobby. That's sweet. Yeah, like, (laughs) even if someone didn't need to work, I think it's still important that they have something that they're doing that gives them a purpose like even if it's like a job where they don't need the money or if they're volunteering yeah in some way doing something purpose justin bieber (laughs) (laughs) mafia remember he used to always say that before songs no i didn't know that (laughs) you know he just was really mafia 
<laughs> such a middle school boy thing to do. What does he mean? I don't that? know. I don't know. It's like more than one song. Even like a song about his parents' divorce. The beginning goes, Mafia. I'm so glad. Is that still a thing? A lot of people would have kind of like a tag or I don't know what you call it, but in all their songs. Oh, yeah. Jason Derulo. I don't yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. DJ Khaled, like he still icon. has that. Yeah, I, I don't like it, it either. It's like a watermark. Yeah. <laughs> Stain. Yeah. I don't like it. This is like not a real song Did now. Did Cardi B have that? I don't know. Maybe. Is it I'm Cardi B? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, DJ Khaled yeah. still has it. Yeah. DJ Khaled. <laughs> it's like, oh. Or Mike Will made it. Ew, I hate I don't that. like that. Uh, like, just stop. make it. Put your name on the credits. But, like, please don't, like, put your Like, artists don't really don't always do that. that. Like, you just say, oh, who's a song by? Except, or you look at the phone or whatever. You should let your work stand for itself. You don't have to tell us that you made it. <laughs> like, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Imagine if, like, every time she had a song, she was like, Taylor Swift. <laughs> she was. That would be so annoying. <laughs> what do they think, though? Someone's going to, like, steal their song. And... Yeah, and pretend it's them. <laughs> so stupid. Maybe for, like, producers and stuff. Still. Yeah, let it speak for itself. Yeah. Or you could put a hidden gem in. Yeah. That's, like, your signature, but it's not your name. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, a little sound. Yeah, it's not your literal name. <laughs> DJ Khaled. <laughs> oh, <the North> wind. <laughs> oh. I hate that. I thought he was, like, such a joke when I first heard him, but then he actually turned out... He kind of still is, but he's been doing well. Yeah, he it's is. Weird. I feel like I learned of who he was late in the game. That's okay. Like, it was, like, two years after everybody else knew who TJ Gallad was, and I was like, oh. like That's okay. <laughs> you weren't missing much. Yeah. Well, whatever. I feel like I don't have anything else to contribute to this episode me neither i feel like we've talked it all out and i hope i hope that we said things eloquently like some of this is so heavy so i know i I hope we weren't too flippant about it no yeah it's it's in like maybe we should put like a warning but like some of these things are so heavy and kind of scary to think about and so i feel like some people shouldn't listen to it if they i'll put a warning in the Mm -hmm. and maybe in the beginning of it I feel like if anyone's listened to it and now they're freaking out about their own mortality, we're no, there. Read, we're there with you. Read Tuck Everlasting. Yeah. Read Tuck Everlasting. And try to go for a walk. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> think about the beautiful life that you're going to live and how nice it is that things yeah. change and grow. And that's the beauty of life is even when you are in the depths of despair it can always change you never know what no. is around the corner no there's and if you don't know what to do next i don't know go to vermont yeah guys or if you're already in vermont um go to alaska <laughs> what are you gonna do in alaska oh no what did you say 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know I'll never see says. you if you go to... I'm saying I'll never see you if you go to Alaska. University of Alaska? Is I, that what you said? Yeah. I think that tomato sauce or whatever is why I'm like, oh. having this thing right now. Tomato does not affect throat. me. Yeah. No, but all just to say, guys, is that I totally get it. Sometimes it does feel like, what? Like, there's no reason to go on. Like, yeah. I cannot picture myself ever being happy again. It sounds crazy. And I know you won't believe it because no one ever wants to believe it, and myself included, but you actually will feel better someday. Yeah, and I wish that's one thing that Bella could really understand, especially for the young yeah. readers list, uh, reading the books who, you know, are going through so much in their own lives. Because she doesn't really ever truly feel happy again in a I know. comforted way, in a comfort, comfortable way. I wish she did. Until Edward comes back, and I wish she found that on her own first. Mm-hmm. Because it really does happen. Like, I'll be, I'll be transparent here. I've I've had horrible times in my life where mm-hmm. I've I've been so depressed. Mm-hmm. But like gradually, not all at once, but like things do get better, and. Yeah. Like, it surprises you, too. It really does. Because you, like, even if you don't think you have it in you or, like, you feel like you can't even, don't know what to do, it still can happen. Yeah. I mean, humans are amazing. They're resilient. And you are human. And, like, people have been through horrible things. We've talked about this with the Mm -hmm. Oprah show. Yeah. But even, like, you know, people their cities were bombed or like their whole families died or like horrible things have happened yeah. to people and they find a way to move on and they mm-hmm. are happy again. It's like, geez. And I think about that. I'm like, Me too. whatever I'm going through or I feel like I can never get out of it. And like these people, it's amazing. Like somehow they carried on. Yeah. So. I highly suggest you guys check out Oprah's podcast <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's spiritual, and, like, if, if that's not your thing, like, I totally understand. But it's it's it, secular in a way that I think is for everybody. It makes mm-hmm. you feel like so – there's so much beauty in just being a human. And also, she's had so many guests that have such inspiring stories. Um, there's two people that come to mind, which it's honestly so depressing. But there's a woman named Sherry – I might look it up. There's a woman who's all of her kids – died her name is oh Shelly Fox and then there's another woman who the same thing happened to her I am forgetting what her name is Manchester by the sea oh really I've never seen that Mm -hmm. I forget what her name is right now but I think you could find it through Shelly's story basically like those two videos had such a profound impact on my life and I think about it all the time because it's super depressing but somehow like they've experienced the worst things that have ever been able to happen to them and they obviously are still extremely sad about them but they their stories are so inspiring because they have found happiness and I always think about that is like I can too Mm -hmm. no matter what because a lot of times depression things they they blind you in a way that like you cannot really see the full perspective yeah it's kind of impossible to see it Mm -hmm. but when it does happen, you'll be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And we also are not like... Oprah was right. Yeah, Oprah was right. We also are not like um, experts on this kind of no, stuff. No, it's just a Twilight <laughs> podcast. So, 
like I hope we said everything okay and if we didn't I'm sorry but if yeah. if you or someone you know is like struggling and even just having fleeting thoughts or whatever please tell somebody and yeah. the best thing you can do is just say that you need help and get help but when you say like a lot of people Twilight has helped a lot of us through hard times yes no. like I literally cannot yeah because that's what I'm saying like I wish it did some things and I wish it did others, but it, Twilight has never been harmful for me, I think, because mm-hmm. it literally, like, got me through some of the worst times of my life. Oh. <laughs> Even this podcast, I feel like I've been down lately, and then I remember about this. I remember this podcast, and I feel happy. Yeah. <laughs> no. I have to remind myself all the time. But then, yeah, when I do, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> It's crazy. It like feels like we belong to something. Wow, Twilight's actually pretty deep. It's really deep. I feel like we could even go deeper. <laughs> I, was, I know. I would like to do. Well, an ep- what could we say that's deeper? Mom? Well, not deeper, but an expansion is. I would like to do an episode on maybe theology in Twilight mm-hmm. and more about mm-hmm. religious aspects. I mean, there's a whole like you know Garden of Eden thing you could talk about, mm-hmm. and you know. Maybe Mormon influences. That's true. Yeah, another time. Another time. It's too much <laughs> for one episode. Actually, I have one more thing. Mm-hmm. Why do you think... It seems like Alice and Jasper and... I mean, even kind of Emmett. I don't know. A lot of the Collins don't seem that affected by their immortality or not bothered by it. Why do you think that is? They're just, like, so in love that they're fine? To be honest, I feel like some of them are just not fully fleshed out enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Emmett is not dimensional enough for that. No. Alice is interesting because she can see when people are going to die, so she has complete control over it. Mm-hmm. Or if anything bad is going to happen, which I feel like could be a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Maybe because she knows nothing else. Like, this is the only True. way she knows life to be. She so. doesn't remember her old life. Yeah. Jasper, I wouldn't say necessarily that he's fine with it. He is very yeah, tortured. You're right. He does feel like a burden, I think, to his family. And, yeah. Mm. What about Esme? Esme. <laughs> I don't know. She She seems happy that she gets to be like a mother. Mm-hmm. Mm. But she can never be a mother. At the end of the day, like... They're just kind of playing parts. Yeah. She's younger than a lot of her kids. <laughs> I'm No, yeah. Or, she, no, only or Edward. Right? She's younger than Edward? Oh, you mean, you mean, okay, yeah, she mean by vampire yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. It's odd. Technically, when you've lived that long, like, the few years that you have between you guys aren't really going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Bella and Renesmee. <laughs> true, true. How could you really parent someone your own age? I know. Yeah. I also think Esme is not developed enough to. Yeah. We don't really know what she thinks about it. She seems just like happy to be there, happy to be with Carlisle, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's definitely a little bit of sadness still, I think, about her human life. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Well, she definitely, she lost a child as well. Mm-hmm. And so, as she... As she randomly brought up during the baseball game. Yeah, we're only laughing. That's obviously sad, but she, 
the way she brought it up was awkward. Yeah. But imagine that pain of having lost a child, the worst thing that can ever happen to you, and then you can't, like, can't even get by with the hope that you'll see them again. Yeah. What about the Volturi? They seem fine they with They seem it. fine with it. They I feel thrive like, on it. Yeah, exactly. That, they love it. That power over humanity well, that Marcus. they have. Finally. Yeah, Marcus wants to die. I don't know. He's bored. He is bored. Yeah, he represents that boredom. Yeah, that's true. But what's the that's point? That's what one becomes. Yeah. They're just sitting Finally. around. And he is so bored that he does not take part in orgies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, whatever. <laughs> Remember the Russian vampires? Yeah. Oh, wait. Bulgarian? No, were they Russian? They were Russian. Remember no, they, they definitely weren't Russian. They weren't Russian? I don't think they were. The Romanian. Oh, Romanians. The Romanian vampires... They said that they sat for a very long time, and they started to become petrified. Isn't Sounds really boring. I know. I wonder what they thought about. Or were they just like thinking just statues? I don't know. Well, it's kind of like Tech Everlasting. You're just rocks on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> That's so Man. depressing. Mm. Makes sense, actually, why all those vampires would be willing to fight for the Collins because they're like, I don't know what else to do. Exactly. Yeah, that's so true. It's like, yeah, a fight with lives lost. It was like, like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I need a little bit of excitement in my life because... (laughs) This makes more sense now. That makes so much more sense. (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe some people chicken out and leave the fight. Like, I know. Hey. Jesus. What else are you going to do? Yeah, they must really be not confident in their fighting abilities. <laughs> like, oh, God, I'm the first to go in this. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, cool background. Oh, thanks. Is it Bella and I were having sex. That's a bold background. Yeah. Actually, it's Edward's back. <laughs> I never, yeah, that's like the sexiest. Whoa. thing about a guy is their back I think well I this is a whole other conversation I can't get into really sexy. that candle I know his hands oh. shit oh. Right, okay that's enough that's enough this is a long one all right Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. If you want more episodes, you can find us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. We have a thing there. But also, it's I want to... It's new. We're trying it out. But um, we're not going to like take anything away from this podcast. So Yeah, don't worry. Don't be worried. And like, we're still going to read listener mail on here. Like We're still going to give it everything we got. So if you can't sign up for Patreon, it's okay. You understand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you guys. I got plenty of catch. <laughs> but we got plenty of catch. <laughs> I wish. Instagram at Another Bite of Twilight. The music is by Traces.
See you next time.